Well, hello and uh, welcome to another exciting episode of Pep Talk. In fact, unusual episode of Pep Talk because last week, uh, myself and my co-host Christy Mayer tried to interview today's uh, guest uh, using all the technology uh, of, uh, of the internet and it failed spectacularly. But it turns out that Carl Porter, who was our guest last week, lives in Rawton, uh, the same place I, uh, the same town I live in. Uh, we are just around the corner from each other. So, Carl, we're recording in person. Yeah, nice to be here. Thank you. I'm not actually used to looking a guest in the eyeballs across the kitchen table so the dynamic's going to be interesting we have no Christy I could be trying to do a Christy Mayor impression but we won't um, but Carl why don't we start with a little bit about, a bit about your story because now you're an evangelist and a church planter and we'll come to evangelism and stuff in a moment but you haven't always been an evangelist and a church planter because you haven't always been a Christian so tell us a bit of the story that you were sharing with me uh, when we uh, sat down for a cup of tea uh, a wee while ago. Yeah, thank, thank you. Yeah, so I've been a Christian about eight years now. Um, so I grew up in this little town called Ralton, met my wife, uh, Sarah, uh, here. And in 2002, uh, we moved away to London and we moved back uh, to Ralton uh, just last year. So we've been back here uh, one year now. So um, yeah, when we left, we were, we were not looking for God at all, but God and his kindness uh, came and found us. So I think we uh, enjoyed the work hard place play hard lifestyle that you get in the city and that was that was good for a while uh, but like any of these things in the end it kind of caught up with us um, so around 2009 when our, our first uh, daughter was born um, I found myself in a very uh, difficult position at work um, we just moved to a new town called uh, Sittingbourne so I found myself away from home for long hours and Sarah was at home with a poorly baby and all on her own and um it was at that point the work hard, play hard lifestyle caught up with me. So I was, um, you know, working 14, 15 hour days and then and then drinking all night. So our, our marriage was about to end. My career was about to end. And um, we ended up meeting a Christian um, who effectively shared the gospel with me. He told me there were two eternal destinies. Uh, and what you do with Jesus will decide uh, where you end up. So if you trust in Jesus for forgiveness of sins, then you'll go on to a glorious future with a God who loves you and have to die for you forever. If you ignore what I'm telling you, um, then actually you'll be uh, carry on under God's judgment and you will be away from all that is good forever. And I thought that's quite a big claim. Mm. Um, I should probably investigate that. I'll take, I'll give it 30 minutes. And three years later, having <laughs> um, thinking, I won't just look at the Bible, you know, that would be a mugs game. Of course, they want me to do that. I'll look at what atheists think, um, what Buddhists think, you know, what Hindus think. Uh, but I got to the point where I could see Jesus was a real person um, who lived a, in a real place, a real time. And you could look at what he said. And um, I started to read the gospels for myself and um, knew I was a sinner in need of forgiveness immediately because of how I treated Sarah, um, how I'd been at work, um, but struggled to give Jesus the lordship of my life primarily because I didn't want to stop drinking. Um, and I got to the point where I was out of work in the summer of 2014, reading Romans in the garden. God shows his love for us in this, that Christ died for the ungodly. And it just hit me. Um, I knew I needed Jesus as Lord and Saviour. I knew I needed to, to treat Sarah uh, the way she deserved to be treated. So I, I was sorry um, and I prayed to Jesus. I basically said, you win. Uh, I can't do it on my own anymore. Uh, will you help me? And um, I've become a Christian. What an absolutely amazing story. And now, of course, you're sort of going out and replicating yourself because you're stepping out of the world of you know insurance and you're stepping into the world of church planting uh, yes. in a sort of smaller kind of village just outside 
the, uh, the town, the city of Swindon. So um, tell us a bit about the church planting, what you're, what you're excited about doing here. And then what I'd love to do is talk to you a bit about how you go about sure. evangelism, because you're very natural at having these kind of conversations. I think a lot of Christians struggle and find conversations hard. So I want to sort of pump you and pick your brain a bit sure. things that you've learned. But tell us a bit about what you're doing here, because I think that's quite an exciting story. Yeah, we're really excited to be home. It's a town of about 11,000 people. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the place where I went to school. I've got family here. I've got lots of old friends here. And... Um, you know, they are all under the judgment of God. So my heart and my concern is for them to at least have an opportunity to hear um, about the Lord Jesus. Mm. Um, so the way uh, we want to do that is by starting effectively church in our in our home initially. Yeah. Um, so we're looking to uh, create a, 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 a church that will meet during an evening. Um, and then Lord willing, as, as that grows and we see people coming to faith and we start to disciple people, we'll be able to train up leaders and we'll be able to expand these home groups throughout the community. And then Lord willing, once a month or once a quarter, begin to gather them for a big uh, worship celebration. But we are right at the start of that yeah. process. Um, all we have right now, but it's a good thing to have, is um, prayer mm. um, and the gospel and um, love for the, the people around us. I, mean, I love the fact that when we were connecting the other week, it turned out that I think four days before we moved into our house, you'd done door-to-door evangelism down our street. Actually, perhaps as a way to talk about evangelism, you know, you talk about how you've done it. You do door-to-door and go visiting. I think some people perhaps might have a perception that that, that is so 1970s, can literally door-knocking work today but you're excited you've seen you've seen fruit from that right yeah we were really excited it's the first time I've done door knocking in this community yeah and um, in an hour and a half we knocked on 16 doors um, and all we we said um, was that we're, we're from a local church and we want to care for our community is there any way we can pray for you and from opening up the conversation with that we had 10 different conversations um, we had um, four people that we were able to pray for, one who we was able to share the gospel with and three who invited us um, back. So in the next couple of weeks, we'll, we'll follow up and, and go back. So, yeah, it was a pretty good hour and a half's work. Yeah. So let's dig down to some nuts and bolts here. I think uh, one thing I had noticed, um, Carl, as I teach and train people on evangelism, is a lot of fear. I think people just don't know how to start. So when you're encountering somebody, either you, you boldly knock on a door or somebody you've met in your community or the next door neighbor or whoever, how do you, how do you begin? How do you begin, you know, getting, getting into that whole process of sharing Christ with them? Um, you know, you were saying earlier how you've, you've been, you've thought some of this stuff through now, teach and train others. So how do we, how do we get going on evangelism? Where's a good place to begin? Yeah, I think the best place to begin first and foremost is our own hearts. Yep. Um, so, um, I, you, you think it's natural. Actually, I've had to work really hard at this. Um, but I think the way working hard at it on our own behind a closed door shows our love of God and our love of others. Um, so, um, I will, um, try and think through so I do I do a couple of things well the first exercise I did was think through what's going to motivate me because evangelism is hard yeah. it is scary um, my love does run cold um, I do drop off I have busy periods so I've got a couple of big bible truths that mm-hmm. from my own personal experience help to warm my heart up Excellent. for God and for others and I've written them down and when I know I'm going through a dry mm-hmm. patch I'll go back to them mm-hmm. And then I can I can work on that. But I also do what I call my spiritual MOT. About okay. once every six months, mm-hmm. um, I will write down on a piece of paper what's stopping me from sharing the gospel. 
and I will just have a real honesty session with myself. Um, so what is it? Is it I'm scared of people? They'll talk about me behind my back. I don't know what to say. Um, recently at work, it was the LGBT movement. Yes. So because what I find is every six months it changes. Yeah, that's right. Um, so I'll write that down. Then I'll think of what category that is. What does it reveal about my relationship with God? And then what can I do to help myself persevere? Um, and I, I think that spiritual MOT is so, so helpful because then it will give me things to 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 go and work to go and work mm. on but then i also worked really hard at learning a gospel framework yeah it sounds really basic but i wanted to be clear on what i had to say um so i i, I picked um two ways to live yeah and i learned how to share the gospel within 40 seconds to a minute and i practiced it in front of the mirror um, i filmed myself doing it yeah um because i know that when i'm if i've prepared hard i'm more likely to to use it and i also had a couple of guys in my last church before i moved who we could knock each other on the elbow every now and then say gospel in a minute go just to keep each other um sharp for it um so i, I think preparing your heart and getting yourself ready is the is the first thing oh, that's super helpful i think the other thing that strikes me immediately that you say that that if it was something else we were we were passionate about if we were you know if we're, we were working for a company that involves selling a product you would put the time and the effort in to something as insignificant as double glazing something as important as the gospel we somehow sort of think there's something strange about taking the time and effort to to prepare yeah right whereas you know you look at the new testament i think paul and peter and the other apostles of the book of acts they worked hard they put the time and effort in and in fact first peter says always be prepared yes to give a reason so okay, so you've got your heart right. You've done that spirit. I love the spiritual MOT, by the way. That's that's genius. Uh, you've got yourself warmed up. Then where do you go f- go from there? Um, what's the next step? Yeah. So then I'm I try and think through. So somebody once said to me, talk about spiritual things naturally and natural things spiritually. Okay. Like so that. my I, I thought um, spiritual things. That's everything I've got going on in church yeah. in my church life. So how can I just drop that into conversation? Um, so I can be a kind of if you like a truth dripper. Um, so um, if I went to church on a Sunday and I've heard something in the sermon and somebody asked me how the weekend was or what I was up to I can talk about all the great things we did with the kids and maybe went to the football but actually on a Sunday morning I went to church and I learned that you're either in Adam's family or you're in Jesus's family and people are going to look at me as if I've got two heads or walk off or they're going to start to ask questions and then as they start to ask questions I can begin to engage uh, a little bit more so if you're meeting somebody on a Thursday morning who's in a Bible study on a Wednesday night Talk about your Bible study on yeah. Wednesday, but unashamedly, happily, knowing that what God has to say and what you've learned is not just for you to keep, but it's for you to pass on. And it's the best thing that they can possibly hear. So it's the most loving thing you can do. And then natural things, there's so much openness at the moment. So I'll think, what's the big thing in the news that people are likely to be talking about? So we've had the pandemic, we've got a war. Um, those are the two primary, primary things. We've got Boris Johnson and the leadership challenge and dishonesty in um, elected officials. So I can simply say something along, if we're talking about Boris Johnson, do you know, I've been praying that our government leaders would have a heart like God's, um, that they would care for the oppressed and the poor and the widow um, and the refugee. Wouldn't it be amazing if we had a leader who was honest and really cared for the most vulnerable in society, um, had a heart like God's? Wouldn't that be incredible? And then you just see, see where the goes. conversation goes from there. So it's speaking about those things naturally and and unashamedly. How can I just drop a Bible truth into the conversation and then see where it goes? Yeah, I think the other thing as well that's uh, that's so helpful in what you share there, Carl, is I mean, speaking positive, positive about church. You know, I think a lot of our non-Christian friends 
I know nothing about church. I have quite negative impressions, but I'm, I've become more and more convinced. One reason is as Christians, we clam up. Mm. We just don't talk about it. And the more that we talk positively, people don't go away going, well, I may not go to church, but Carl obviously goes and he loves it. And I've heard from this person and this person. And I think the more we can gossip positively about church, it'd be amazing. I, right. I, yeah, I, I, I completely agree. And even your church prayer meeting, to yeah. tell people the amazing things that you were praying for your community and for your town mm. and for your neighbours, um, I, I think people will be blown away by just, oh, there's a group there that really cares for us. Yeah. And then the other thing as well, actually, I think is, our, is, is those of us with kids, our kids catch this, you know, in the, in the neighbourhood we used to live in before we, we moved. I was really encouraged to watch my six-year-old, you know, have some sort of six-year-old gospel conversations because Chris would, you know, be listening to what his friends were saying and then he would say, oh, I'll, I'll pray about that at bedtime. I was like so proud of him because he'd caught that from us. But that started little conversations with his mates because you're then teaching your kids to talk naturally about faith rather than, you know, I think we've made this mistake in the British church sometimes of church becomes this thing that happens privately. Mm. It's world out here. We need to reconnect those worlds. So I think what you say helps that. Yeah, absolutely. So you've got yourself prepared. You've then done that kind of, you know, find those connecting points in the conversation. What 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 comes next? Where do you if someone just expresses an interest and says, "Hey, that's interesting," what how do you then take that that further? What have you found helpful? Yeah. So to to move the conversation on, um, it depends on the topic. I'll do a myriad of things. So the um, Samaritan lady in John chapter four is my hero in evangelism. Excellent. So she's got a two step approach. She makes a claim about Jesus mm-hmm. and then invites people to come and meet him, to come yeah. and hear from him. Um, so come meet a man who told me all I ever did. Could this be the Christ? So I've made a claim. Mm-hmm. Now I want to, and they're interested. Now I want to invite them. So it could be that we were talking about a particular topic. And I'll say, I know a great Christian book on that topic. Do you mind if I give you a copy? Um, and then we can get together and discuss it. Or I heard a great sermon on this topic. Can I send you? you the link and then we can talk about it um, I might give them a gospel and mm-hmm. say hey why don't you read this gospel um, it should only take an hour two hours and then why don't we get together and discuss through um, you know any questions you might have anything you might have disagreed with um, or uh, another thing that I like to, to use is a resource called the word one to one and I'll say look I've got this great resource that takes you um, through the gospel of John it's an eyewitness account of Jesus's life death and resurrection I think you'll enjoy it why don't we just look at the first 18 sentences together and um, and, and see if you like it and if you enjoy it then then we can keep meeting or um, invite them to church yeah. you might have a Christianity Explore course coming up or Alpha or whatever it might be but what I want to do in all of my evangelism is get them hearing directly from Jesus in his word so learning from the Samaritan lady she knew she had to get them directly to Jesus and as soon as I've got got them somewhere where they are engaging with the word I can back out of the conversation and I can allow them to speak directly with Jesus and then my job is simply to just be a loving page turner as long as I can love them and keep turning the page on on whatever book of the Bible we're reading then Then get the heck out of the way I mean I have to say we've had you know we've talked about word one-to-one on the podcast before and I you know I can't commend it highly enough we had it and it's after this um this personally, Carl, back in uh, back in Dundee, one of my, my wife had a, a good friend of hers who was had no no faith background at all, and so as Astrid was praying for her, she felt convicted to try and you know invite her friend to, to do word one to one, and Astrid had said that you know she was quite nervous about this invitation, thinking it would go badly wrong. Well, she finally plucks up the courage to ask her friend if she'd like to do the Bible study. Her friend almost bit her hand off. Went, you know, looking at Jesus has been on my bucket list for years. <laughs> I'd love to. When can we start? 
and it was just so easy and then the word one-to-one was just such a natural yeah. resource it really is a great resource it, for folks so we'll put a link in the show notes for people who are yeah it's, it's the way i got started in bible sharing yes. was i was meeting with a with a colleague and i'd been sharing the gospel with him or trying to share with him for two years and i tried everything i'd kicked him i'd cuddled him yeah. i'd argued with him i bought him drinks and dinner he kept arguing with me about creation. So after two years, I said, why don't we look at the Bible together? And he said, yes. And I was a new Christian, so I had a complete panic. Oh no, what am right, I going to yeah. do? But I knew about the word one-to-one. So we went to um, prep on East Cheap and I ran the worst one-to-one ever. I didn't pray. I hadn't looked at the books. <laughs> so I opened the cellophane. I gave him a copy. I had a copy and I dryly read through the first um, 18 verses and all the notes and everything he said one thing in 20 minutes Jesus has always existed and I was in full on panic mode um, has Jesus always existed I think we just read that yeah Jesus has, I kind of nodded at him we came back the next week and God had turned all his lights on and I thought Porter you're an idiot um, yeah. you've been taught every single year week for the last two years that the word of God is living active and powerful yeah. why don't you use it in your evangelism so again for me either speaking truth yeah. or getting people into the Bible is the absolute key so there's a huge amount of wisdom you've uh, shared in the last 15 minutes really appreciate you taking the time to do this so you know get our hearts ready you know find those connecting points in conversation get into the Bible and introduce people to Jesus. We've got about kind of three, four minutes left. Is there anything else based upon all your experience in sort of just being the kind of natural Jesus talker that you are that you would want to share with people? What have you learned, Carl, that you think is helpful for others to hear? Yeah, I, I work, it's going to sound really tragic. I see it as ministry work. So it's equipping the saints for the yeah. work of ministry. So I should see it as work. So on a Sunday night, mm-hmm. when I remember, I do my administration in evangelism. Okay. Um, so I will sit down and I've got a, I'm a finance guy. I'm really sad. <laughs> I've got a spreadsheet for I was going to say, look, this is going to end up in an Excel spreadsheet. Yeah. yeah. And I've just written down the names of everybody that I know. Yeah. And then I write down, do they know I'm a Christian? Yes or no. Mm-hmm. Um, have I shared the gospel with them? Yes or no. Have I offered to read the Bible with them? Yes or no. And then next steps. And then I can look at my um, diary on a Sunday night and see if those names, who am I going to be seeing next week? And then I can begin to um, pray for that meeting. So if I meet Paul, he doesn't know I'm a Christian, I'm just going to share that I'm a Christian. If that's all that happens in that meeting, that's great. I've got my flag in the ground. And then I'll think hard about what it is that I'm going to what it is yeah. I'm going to say so I so I, I'm not natural so I have to put a lot of work yeah. in um, to, to be able to get it done um, and um, I, I think doing getting into that sort of rhythm of really thinking hard about your mission field having a plan of action praying for it but then having at least one evangelism partner or a group mm-hmm. that you work with together yeah that you all know each other's lists, you're all praying for one another, for the other people, and you're sharing everything, the ups, the downs, um, the difficulties, um, so so that you know you're not doing this, um, not doing this alone. Um, but then expect people to drop off, people to be flaky, people to stand you up, people to blow hot and cold, like it's hard you have to track people for a long period of time you have to really stay engaged in their lives so the big key for all of it as well in every relationship is making sure that person knows that you're on their side that you love them that you're interested in them and that you care for them Um, because as you're kind and as you serve and as you love it will give you a much better platform um, to speak of jesus 
I think although you laugh about, you know, being the finance guy and doing it through Exos preachers, I think that being methodical is also a key. You know, we had, uh, we had Jay John on the podcast of the week and, and one thing he talked about, which I think was interesting and kind of connects with you, he hasn't got a spreadsheet, he's not a spreadsheet, but he talked about how he'll sit in, he sits in, his, in bed with his wife each morning and they will pray through, quite deliberately pray through their lists of contacts. And we're praying for about, I think about 20, 25 people at a time. And then exactly like you're saying, being intentional, what are the next steps? Okay, pray for those next steps. Because I think sometimes I think people worry that this can be a bit too mechanized, but if it's all done with baptized in prayer, then mm-hmm. you're leaning on the Lord, aren't you? Saying, God, will you open the next opportunity with this person? But just randomly assuming that it'll happen. I mean, God, God can do it if he can. But I think when we start praying, you know, like the power of the persistent widow knocking on the door of heaven and saying, mm-hmm. can we get a breakthrough with this person, Lord? Yeah. And then, as you say, not doing it on your own, getting a buddy, um, because evangelism can be lonely. Yes. Um, but if you've got a mate, then, you know, if things go well, you've got someone to rejoice with. Things go pear-shaped, you've got someone to commiserate with, and you've got someone that you can be praying for each other. So I think there's a lot of great stuff there. Great. Carl, it's been a fantastic uh, conversation. Thank you so much for taking the time. And if people want to find out kind of more about what you're doing or pray for you, is there a way they can connect? What's the best way for people to, to find out the stuff that you're doing? Um, yeah, I mean, I'm happy for, for people to, to get in touch, yeah. um, whether they do that via my via my email address or not, yeah. um, whether that's that can be we can, put, we can put on the show notes and I think yeah. we're on social media I found I, I stalked you on Facebook so we can <laughs> find out uh, find out what you're doing uh, I was impressed that as well as the evangelism there are also apparently large cooked breakfasts involved on your Facebook feed when I stalked you this morning there was a picture of bacon and eggs uh, that you'd share from your friend that you've been doing evangelism with so I you're looking for it blank. I must have it too often. I can't. Rem- I can't remember the bacon and eggs. Good stuff. And bowling was involved as well somewhere as well. Oh, that's right. Yeah, that we, it, yeah. We, we had a we had a group come over, yeah. um, and they were giving they were doing trials at the local bowls right, club. Yeah. So a couple of the guys went in and um, and had a trial. So I'm actually going to pop down there and see if I can get to know them next time they have some Good some stuff. trials as well. Brilliant. Well, from uh, we've covered everything in this podcast. <laughs> but anyway, uh, Carl's been great having you on the show, and for all of you listening at home, we'll back in another two weeks uh, with my co-host with Christy Mayer and another guest uh, for another episode of Pep Talk thanks for listening